Business relationships and commercial relationships are really no different from personal relationships. When businesses or organisations broadcast, that's them just spamming out, often, information about themselves and telling people, click on our website because we're great and not giving them any real reason. Once you've done that, then you need to start having conversations with people. You know, you don't marry somebody you meet on a first date. In the business world, why should you expect people to do business with you the first time they see you? Welcome to episode 110 of Be The Drop, a weekly podcast that helps you become a top communicator by sharing stories from people who are influential in their field. I'm Amelia Veal, Director at Narrative Marketing and firm believer in the superpower of storytelling. Social media platforms provide huge opportunities to communicate with your audience. However, understanding which channel to use and how to successfully engage people to know, like and trust your organisation on social media can be overwhelming. Mel Kettle is a communication and social media expert, helping organisations communicate effectively so they build and maintain relationships with their staff, customers and stakeholders. Mel is particularly passionate about encouraging her clients to embrace social media. In today's episode of Be The Drop, Mel tells us what to consider in your social media strategy. We talk about why memorable stories create such engaging and shareable content. And she shares some fantastic tools that will help improve your social media marketing. This is Mel's version of Be The Drop. Do you want more communication insights? Then jump onto Facebook and join me and my community of brand storytelling superheroes. It's absolutely free to join and we provide a supportive space plus a range of helpful storytelling resources. So if this sounds like your kind of group, then head over to Facebook and join the brand storytelling superheroes. Mel, thank you so much for joining me at our next episode of Be The Drop. Thanks so much for inviting me. It's so lovely to meet you. Yeah, it is exciting. So we're meeting here in Brisbane woo, at the Brisbane Writers Conference, which we've just spoken at, which has been a really great event, immersing ourselves in content marketing, internal comms and social media, which is what we're going to talk with you about today. But before we get to that, you've brought along your item of significance. I have. And that's something that connects you with your community and what you do. So can you please explain that for I us? I can. I should have packed a tissue because I might need one. Oh. <laughs> so my item of significance is my mother's wedding ring. Mm-hmm. And we were talking before we started recording about people we've met on Twitter. And I started to say how so many of my closest friends are people I met on Twitter. And I joined Twitter, I think... In 2008, a few years after that, in August 2010, my mother died really unexpectedly. And I put on Twitter, holy crap, my mother's just died. And the Twitter community were unreal. Mm. The love and support that I received was like nothing I've ever experienced. Mm. I had condolence cards from people I'd never met in real life, but had been talking to on Twitter. And I had more love from people I'd never met on Twitter than I had from people who had known me in real life 
for a large part of my life. Mm. And so then um, about a year after that, my father died in an equally unexpected way. And again, Twitter was amazing. So when dad died, I inherited mum's jewellery. And so I wear her wedding ring and it, it just makes me remember that time when the social media community really provided this outpouring of support mm. that my whole family was completely overwhelmed by. Yeah. Well, that is yeah. a really lovely story. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah. I think, you know, social media so often gets a bad rap. In extending on that, though, talking about this community, you do work in that space of social media and you're helping businesses to create strategies and create communities that, that do foster that yeah. support and, and connection. So perhaps if you can talk to us a little bit about what you do in that space as well. I work with for-purpose organisations, which include professional associations, other member-based organisations and non-profits. And I work with them to help them develop and create a communication and engagement strategy so that they can get to know, like and trust the people in their community. And more importantly, so their community can get to know, like and trust them. Mm. Because as we know, people do business with people they know, like and trust. So I do that through facilitating strategy sessions, through running workshops, through doing training and through coaching and mentoring mm. and through speaking at conferences. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that mm. trust element is just so critically important. And, mm. and the thing that I sometimes surprises me, in, the, in our personal relationships, we expect, you know, to put effort in and we not understand it takes time to build trust. But sometimes, you know, the organisations don't understand that that then also applies to their social media communications. It does. And business relationships and commercial relationships are really no different from personal relationships. First you observe and then you tell people that you're looking to create the relationship or find a relationship. So when businesses or organisations broadcast, that's them just spamming out often information about themselves and telling people, click on our website because we're great and not giving them any real reason. Once you've done that, then you need to start having conversations with people. You know, you don't marry somebody you meet on a first date. Mm. In, a, in the business world, why should you expect people to do business with you the first time they see you? Yeah. It's the same. So I work with organisations to help them understand how to move through those phases so that they can build trust. Mm, great. So, you know, just take them on a Tinder dating tour. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and we're sorted. <laughs> okay, so, so you're talking about building trust, um, etc. but social media is a really noisy space potentially and there's so many different versions. It's overwhelming. Yeah. When you're working with these organisations, how do you help them really get through the overwhelm that is yeah. social media? The first thing I do is I give them my book. <laughs> so I wrote a book recently called The Social Association. And we basically just go through those five skills. And they're things like you need to have a strategy. So the first question I ask when anybody says to me, can you help me with my social media? I ask them, do you have a social media strategy or do you have a communication strategy that incorporates social media? And if the answer is no, then that's the first thing mm. we need to do. We need to sit down and we need to look at what are your social media goals and objectives? And they need to come out of your communication and marketing goals of, and objectives and they need to come out of your strategic plan. And if it doesn't all link back to your overarching strategic plan, strategic intent, big picture goals and objectives, then you're wasting your time. If you can't articulate that, then we need to start at the top. 
and we need to look at what's your strategic plan. Where do you want to be in a year, three years, and big, more broadly in five years? And then we look at what's happening in the broader world around you. So what are the environmental challenges that your organisation faces? I uh, ran a workshop recently and there was a marketing person there from the New South Wales Farmers Federation and she said the biggest challenge for our members and our farmers is the weather. Mm. Currently in drought, we can't do anything about it. They know that that's a problem because they talk to their farmers and they know the broader global change. You, You need to know those and you need to know the impact that has on your audience. And then from that, we look at who is your audience or who's your target market? What do they do? Where are they from? What are the problems they face? What do they want from you? And then we compare that, who have you got versus who do you want? And how can we reach the people who you want? One of the biggest challenges is that a lot of organizations say my value is X, but their market says we want Y. And there's that disconnect in the middle. So I help my clients bridge that gap and fill in that space in the middle that's that sweet spot between what you want to provide and what your market wants. Mm, yes, I love that sweet spot space. Yeah. yeah, and that's your relevant content. That's your relevant content. Whatever answers that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. your relevant content. Then we talk about what communication channels are you going to use to mm. get your content and your messages out. In Australia, we are really lucky because Yellow, the, so the Yellow Pages people, put out an amazing social media report every year called the Yellow Social Media Report. And they talk to consumers and businesses in Australia to find out how they use social media. Mm. So you can go to that report and you will find out that 90-something percent of Australians, 99 I think, percent of Australians between the ages of 18 and 29 use social media and 81% of them use Instagram. So if you're targeting people in Australia between the ages of 18 and 29 and you're not using Instagram, you are missing out. Yeah, I did. I spoke to, I believe her name was Erica, who's from Yellow, and that she talked about that report. She came to Adelaide for Social Media Marketing Day. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, and the report is amazing. I have shared the link before, but I'll make sure that I try and include it in the show notes or it's, at least on the social channels yeah. when we release this episode because it is a fantastic resource, isn't it's it? It's brilliant. And what I love about it is they tell you what's happening this year, but they also compare back you know, last year, three years, five years, so you can see how things have changed. People are consuming podcasts at a ridiculous rate and people are using messaging bots and messaging apps. Yeah, but I I think I don't know a lot of businesses that are really successfully established with message bots and some of the ones that I've experienced have been a bit awkward. What is your advice around that? And I know in your presentation you mentioned a message bot tool. Mm. So could you talk us through a little bit around message bots and how people could start getting involved in that space? So message bots are great when you use them to help solve a customer's problem. So if you're a professional association, for example, and you're wanting to use a message bot, then a really simple way you could do it would be when a new member signs up. You could send them an automated message that says, thanks so much for joining. What are the top, what's the top one or two reasons that you've joined? And most people want to be, um, join an association or a professional body for education, networking, and to be part of a community. So they could say, we want more networking events. So then the bot can go back and say, well, I see you're in Sydney. Our next Sydney networking event is on this date at this place and costs this much. Would you like me to register you? 
and you create it with questions you think you'll be asked and answers you think you'll get. So it's, it works around keywords. Mm. And a tool that's quite easy to use is ManyChat. And that's a simple bot tool. And again, Go you're going there. to have to know your audience. But you're again, going to have to know what yeah, types of questions they're asking. That's it. Or likely but, to ask. But if you're wanting to just find a really simple way of using a bot on your Facebook page, for, so say, for example, you do lots of Facebook Lives, you could say to your community on Facebook, type Facebook Live into um, the comment box and we'll send you a message through Facebook Messenger the next time we're going to go live. Mm. Okay, so along your journey building your business, what for you has been one of the biggest challenges that you've faced and how did you overcome it? I think getting started was a big challenge and just trying to work out what did I want to do, what did I want to focus on, who did I want to work with and how do I get the message out? Um, I think I emailed about 100 people who I knew and said this is what I'm doing and I had a referral and a new client within a day of that email mm. and then it just went from there. Mm. Yeah. So the, you, you have to take that so first step. For me it you was have to just ask. getting started, yeah. It was just a matter of working out what did I want to do and how could I do it and how could I do it in a way that would work for me? How could I do it in a way that meant that I didn't have to work 100 hours a week or that I could run my own business and be successful and working with people I like? Now, as you know, I love storytelling. Mm-hmm. Is there a story that you can share with us, something along this journey, and you've been working in your business for a while now, yeah. you know, something that stands out as a moment where something fell into place, an aha moment, or something really pivotal? So how I started is the story. Um, I was working in government, didn't love the job I had, and I'd been looking around for about six months and didn't see anything else that really grabbed my attention and so I thought well maybe I can start my own business so I thought well maybe I could apply to work part-time and do three days a week of paid work in my government job and then do two days a week of generating my own business and um, applied for part-time leave and my application was rejected allegedly because I didn't have children and (laughs) yeah which was what somebody in HR told me the official reason was obviously not that, no. but I just thought, oh, well, that was unexpected. And so I said to and my... Yeah, mind-blowingly oh, terrible, but anyway. Yeah, but we won't go there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said to my husband, I, I think I need to quit. I'll put the feelers out and I'll put a call out to try to get some work and it, it needs to be enough work to sort of get us to the end of the year. And I had eight weeks of leave that could get paid out, which was a good financial buffer, and we had some savings. And then we said, well, he needed to get a permanent job that paid a certain amount. That all happened within 48 hours of us having that conversation. (laughs) So no wonder you believe things happen at the right time. Mm, That is a good story. And so what were the key things that you learned from that? Well, again, as I said earlier, back yourself. Mm -hmm. I backed myself 100%. But also learn and understand that often no means not yet. Yeah. So... I, you know, make sales calls and talk to people about doing work with them and I get a lot of no's, but they're really not yet's. They're mm. really, we'd love to work with you, but we can't yet. Mm. Or The timing's it, not right. It's not the right time, the budget's not there, the people aren't there, we've got to sort out all this stuff first. 
Mm. And it's not personal. No. It's just you might not be the right person at the right time to fix their problem. Mm. I've had clients who we may have talked on and off for one year or two years Mm. before that project has come to fruition. Yeah. Sometimes I've almost forgotten about it and then they'll come back and go, right, we're ready. Yeah. These things happen. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. Today in our presentations, we were both talking about the importance of stories. And I know my focus was internal communications and how we can share the stories of our staff to break down barriers and to bring the human element. And you were talking about that in social media and external marketing as well. So I loved that synergy. And what I found really ironic is that we both used the same example of the janitor at NASA that, you know, when asked, what's he doing? His reply is, I'm helping to get Neil Armstrong to the moon. Yeah. That was took place during the time when that's what NASA was focused on doing, which is a beautiful story. And I love that independently we both um, unknowingly used that story. And obviously I hadn't seen your presentation. No, because if great. I had, I would have somehow found a different story. <laughs> so, but tell me about your interpretation on why stories are so important in our communications. Oh, people remember them. People don't remember vision statements and mission statements and business purposes and business structures. The more you can distill down your your organisational essence and your brand essence into a story that is memorable, then people will share that for you. And by sharing it, they're acting as advocates and influencers for you. And that's where storytelling is important mm. because other people can use it to help promote who you are without you needing to always ask. Yeah, and I liked how you expanded on that, you know, with the sharing of stories, the experience, and that people are very often likely to share their story of either a good or a bad experience. Yeah, so Jay Bear, who's an American marketing mm, hug your person, haters. Hug your haters. Yeah, he's got well. a new one out soon called Talk Triggers. Good. What you want from a talk trigger is you want to be creating an experience that's repeatable and scalable and memorable Mm. that people will talk about. Mm. And he talks about um, how the uh, hotel chain Doubletree by Hilton, when you check in there, you get a warm chocolate chip cookie that's just come out of the oven. Jay um, surveyed or interviewed 5,000 people who were customers of Doubletree by Hilton and said, how many of you share the cookie on social media? And 35% of customers said, yes, we do. Mm. So that and those are the stories the story. that get shared. Yeah. yeah, so they've capitalised on that. But that's mm. what they're known for. Yeah. And that's a big part of their story. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank mm. you so much, Mel. I've loved talking with you. In conclusion, though, could you please share with us Mel's Be The Drop tip? And that's your top tip for being influential in your communication. Show who you are in everything you do, whether you're an individual or an organisation. Show what you stand for share your stories, share live authentic video where you're not wearing any makeup and you're being blown off by a storm, (laughs) but just show who you are. And that way people will get to know you, love you and trust you. And then they're going to want to work with you. Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me 
via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that.